Have you ever felt that you just can't keep from singing? That your soul just needs to express itself? I heard a wood thrush the other day. It sounded like Jane Kirchner on her flute. And I wanted to sing like that wood thrush without holding anything back. Singing out thanks for all the gifts of life. Singing out for God's abundant blessings. For God's steadfast love which holds me fast, come what may. Singing out for God's mercies fresh every morning. How can we keep from singing? That is the way the writer of the letter to the Ephesians felt, singing out his hymn of rejoicing in our passage for today. This believer, likely shaped by the good news of the gospel received through the teachings and ministry of Paul, he was writing now after Paul's cruel death at the hand of the Romans. Enmity existed between Jews and Gentiles, races, ethnicities, faiths, and classes. Here at the end of the first century, division reigned, and the Romans used the tools of division and oppression, violence and death, to maintain control. There were many reasons for those called to follow Christ to keep their heads down, to simply despair, to go silent rather than to sing. And yet the opening of this letter is a song of praise and thanksgiving, lifting up glory to God amidst a time of challenge, turmoil, and uncertainty, this early Christian writer calls forth a hymn of joy and blessing to plant the fledgling churches firmly in the glorious grace of Christ. Was this early believer simply an optimist, a glass-half-full person, or a person so convicted that God's redeeming love was ever at work amidst the world's suffering, bringing hope that his spirit just had to sing. Grateful for the incredible soloists and today chamber choir who lead us in worship at 8.30. Many of us, with gratitude for our 8.30 singers, have also been blown away by the size of the Westminster Choir at the 11 o'clock service. Normally, it is a smaller pickup choir in the summer. I mentioned this to some choir members, and you know what they said. After all the months of isolation, we could not stay away. Our spirits, our bodies just have to sing and worship in community. May I hear an amen for all our choral singers? Amen! And so now, as we turn to this scripture song, you may want to follow along as it is read, or you may want to try sitting with open hands and closed eyes. Feel the rich overflow of praise and gratitude in this letter's hymn. 
like an awe-inspiring waterfall cascading over you, experience this doxology of thanksgiving and joy, love and grace. So let us listen now for the word of God coming to us from the letter to the Ephesians, the first chapter, verses 3 through 14. Hear the word of God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. God destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished upon us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, you were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This doxology of praise tumbles forth. Blessed be God who has blessed us. Every spiritual blessing is ours. We were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world, held in love, holy, blameless, destined for adoption as God's beloved in Christ, God's beloved children, forgiven, redeemed, all according to God's good pleasure and God's good will. Glorious grace is lavished upon us, freely bestowed, granting us hope and inheritance in Christ, promising a plan for the fullness of time to gather all things in him. God has a plan, and we are in it. This awe-inspiring waterfall of a hymn, an ode to joy of life in God just takes my breath away. In the midst of the harsh realities, threats, anxieties, and divisions of his day, the writer of Ephesians starts here 
with superlatives, words of blessing, of praise and grace and hope. He starts with a symphony of ways to say, thank you, God. And you know, it is a pretty good song for us, too, with all we have been through. We might have missed it, but we, too, have been blessed. The mystic, late 13th century theologian Meister Eckhart wrote, If the only prayer you say in your entire life is thank you, that would suffice. Why? Because it affirms that all we have and all we are is a gift from God. Thank you affirms that we are never alone that we are God's chosen children, beloved, blessed, and accepted, embraced in love and grace all the days of our lives and even beyond life itself. Moreover, we live with God in community, for we were made for relationship. Wherever we are, God is with us. Not a single one of us is self-made, wrote the 19th century theologian Siren Kierkegaard. It is the God relationship that makes us human. According to the riches of Christ's grace lavished upon us, we are marked by the seal of the Holy Spirit We live as heirs of Christ's inheritance in the mystery of God's grace, now and always. In a hard journey with cancer, the sister of a friend kept in front of her these words, The mystery that has created me will sustain me. Following her memorial service, a saxophonist played a love song for the mystery that created her in love for love would never cease providing sustenance in love to her and to all of us who mourned. Those long, sweet, sustained notes of the saxophone sang forth the truth. In God's love, we abide. When Jan, my stepmother, started falling to the floor as ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, progressed, she would tell me, I don't panic. I lie there. I lie there so that I can see what everything looks like from that vantage point. And I stay there for a bit so I can give thanks to God for another day of living. In the morning, before seeking my dad's help to get out of bed, she would narrate to God all the things that she was thankful for. Certainly, there were times when she gave voice to the painful effects of this disease. She shared her full truth with God, And she claimed her narrative for her journey through. 
her tunes of anguish and thanksgiving eventually became the chords of a hymn of peace. And in the mystery of God's grace on Easter morning, Jan was received into the eternal embrace of God. A man shared with me last week, I was hurt by the church for not accepting me for who I am. But I have always felt the reality of God's love that has never left me. Friends, individually and as the church, do we mirror the face, the face of God known to us in Jesus? Jesus called those outside the circle of community inside where love heals. He called disciples then and he calls us now as we hear in Matthew 25 to see his face in the hungry and feed them, to see his body in the naked and clothe them, to know him in the thirsty and prepare for them and provide clean water. He calls us to see him in the sick and in the outcast and the stranger and care for them, to find him in those in prison and visit them. Some of Luther's best words, I believe, are these. As our Heavenly Father has in Christ freely come to our aid, we also ought to freely help our neighbor through our body and its works. And each one should become, as it were, a Christ to the other, that we may be Christ's to one another, and Christ may be the same in all that is that we may be truly Christians. As Christians, becoming the hands and feet and eyes of Christ, mercy replaces judgment, inclusion trumps exclusion, and hope for the fulfillment of God's gathering in of all people and creation becomes our lived affirmation of faith. We are a Matthew 25 congregation of Easter people. Last week during the Minute for Mission, Margie asked a question of Cat Folk, Mia Dunlap, and Jessica Long, three of the junior high hometown Mission Week participants. She asked, how did you see love in action? The girls responded, at Strick's Gift, at Room in the Inn, at People Loving Nashville, and at the Farms, at Open Table Nashville, at United for Hope, we saw God, they said, love in action everywhere we went. With a song of thanksgiving in our hearts, firmly grounded in our identity as God's beloved children, we can see and we can be God's love in action with Jesus Christ. Would we know how much God has loved and graced us, 
we participate, we can't help but participate in God's will for the world, just like our youth. With gratitude for all God's blessings to us, friends, even in a pandemic, we gave thanks at Westminster's annual congregational meeting, yes, on Zoom, last February. We gave thanks for actually having a budget surplus. But we didn't stop there. We celebrated our call to not hold on to what we have, but to give it away, knowing that the church is called to self-sacrifice as we follow our servant Lord. Let's give thanks for the Westminster Session's spirit-led June decision to provide up to $450,000 in assistance to our mission partner agencies in Nashville doing work that addresses the needs of people negatively affected by the pandemic. Where is their crying need from the pandemic? That is where we see the face of Christ in God's beloved children, God's people suffering. And so we are called to see the face of Christ and come alongside them to respond with compassion to share their suffering and become part of God's plan for gathering all people into the circle of God's love and grace, where there is enough to go around and all are included at Christ's open table. The fact that we have enough to share that we can see Christ's face everywhere we turn is no accident. Every Sunday we sing the doxology. We begin our service with praise and adoration. We close with thanksgiving. We listen for God's word. We respond to God's word. We lift up to God the realities of our lives. And we are sent out into the world to be God's healing instruments of love, of blessing. Giving ourselves in love like Jesus without holding back. As the writer of 1 John has said, we love because God first loved us. We live in steadfast love and in glorious grace, not because we earned it, but because of who God is. Thanks be to God for this good news. Tune our hearts, O oh God, to sing thy grace. Amen and amen.